listening to With Horses in Mind, the podcast that will not only discuss practical aspects of horsemanship, but will also dive deep into the intersection between horse and human psychology. We will explore how an understanding of both can enhance your horsemanship, build confidence and trust in your horse-human partnership, and might just help with your humanship as well. I'm your co-host Nina Fisher and I'm here with horse listener extraordinaire Carlos Tabenaberi. Welcome back to another episode, Carlos. Nice to be here, Nina. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about how to develop that kind leadership with your horse and how to use groundwork mean by groundwork and why it is important groundwork is nothing more in a way than putting your horse on followed mode so i do religiously groundwork with my horses before i ride and even though they know me and i know them and the relationship is solid and strong it's just a reminder to the horse that you're going to be leading the way and also, and also letting the horse know that you, you know you're not just going to be enforcing anything, you know. So because a horse, you might take it for granted that the horse doesn't need any groundwork. So go, and I can tell you that my horses don't need any groundwork, but I still do it to put them on follow mode. So you're basically trying to establish yourself as the horse's leader in the partnership and to lay the foundations of the relationship between you and the horse. How do you establish yourself as a rider in a leadership role? So you develop it through the groundwork. You don't develop it through through riding. You know, I hear a lot of people say, my horse is really bad on the ground. He doesn't stand still like features when I saddle, but once I ride him, he's okay. And, and that's kind of a little bit false sense of security because uh, the horse is already giving you warning signs that things are not working. So the groundwork again, this, you know, it's it's more about creating ground control. That's what horses do. I say horses don't do groundwork; they do ground control. However, if I say at a lesson or a clinic we're going to do ground control, kind of sounds like strange. So when we say groundwork, is you know, asking the horse to lead freely softly that when you lengthen your stride the horse lengthens the stride the strides and kind of trots up next to you um that you can do you know some hind quarter yielding four quarter yielding some gentle trotting circles left and right change of direction and get the horse to to comply to what you're asking and again softly and you know in a way that you're not forcing the horse to do anything so it's not about being I always say some people think that being kind and soft is a weak is a weakness, but it's actually a strength. So if you start to use force, whether you're on the ground or on the saddle, to me, when you start using force, it means that your knowledge has ended and that's what you have left. So like I said, you know, just some basic groundwork and the stronger the relationship with the horse develops, the shorter the groundwork is going to be. So I call it, I probably do with my horses anything between a minute and a minute and a half of groundwork where I've just done everything that I just explained. I walk, I lead, I stop, I back up, they back up and follow my feet. I might put them on a circle left and right, 
knock entering on the single line does an other episode in itself. Um, do a bit of hind quarter, full quarter, some flexions, and then I know that I'm ready to get on that horse. And that might take all of a minute and a half, but the relationship with my horse is strong enough to to be able to do that. However, it might take somebody else to get to that point an hour, and, and that's fine because you start at taking you an hour of groundwork, in time you will develop it to probably a minute or two. And I think too, once you've, you know, you know your horse better, you you kind of know what to look for and you know what mindset they're in. And also the better you know yourself, the better you're able at knowing your own mindset. So sometimes that can be a really quick check-in, but you can also look for signs of pain or gear, um, ill-feeding um, issues. I know definitely with my mare, I always have to check if the saddle's going to be slippery yeah. because she's so round. So it's a bit of a safety um, pre-flight check as well. 100%. It's like I said, it's like, you know, sort of, I know we, we, we take it for granted. We don't do that on, on in a car, but if you were flying a plane, you, you'll see pilots do it at an airport. You will see them do a walk around where they go around and take a fuel sample to make sure there's no water and everything is all right. The tires are well. So it's the same with the horse. You're doing actually the pre-flight check. It's the same thing. You know, you're just making sure that you're ticking all the boxes before you put your foot on the stirrup, you know, that everything. And and through the groundwork, the horse can let you know what's working and what's not working. Um, I remember with your little mare, one of the things was every time you put her in a circle, she went into either trot or strut away and kind of a squeal. And I know she had opinions there. And then all we had to do was just let her know that it just bring that energy, your energy down a little bit more. And it was a matter of just saying, instead of just moving the rope path, just guide her out, and then she kind of changed that. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, and then she she sort of that kind of stopped, so she didn't feel that she had to get out there and trot off every time um, you put her on a circle, for example. So groundwork can kind of help us with an attitude check and also to just iron out any communication difficulties and set some ground rules for how we're going to work together so the groundwork is a good measure is you know and to me the number one thing you're going to get out of groundwork and if you sort of take one thing from this chat is um focus is the horse focused on me or is she focused on the environment the other horses or what's happening you know so the groundwork gives you a good understanding is the horse paying attention to me or is it paying attention to the outside world um you don't have that option when you ride when you don't do any groundwork you step on the stirrup and the minute you take two steps on the horse shies or uh, raise up or shows you some behavioral um problems there uh, it's only the horse is yelling at you and telling you well you know things are not working so it's an opportunity for the horses as well to communicate with us and let us know if something's not quite right. Like I said, you know, don't get ahead of time and use that groundwork as focus for the horse and focus for yourself to, to, to sort of tuning your mindset to that of the horse so you can kind of work in a, in a good partnership. Yeah. And sort of come together in your communication, like especially if you work with different horses or, I mean, you work with horses that you don't know all the time. No, well, that's, that's the thing. You know, I... I I don't get paid to ride my horses and work my horses. So, you know, as beautiful as they are, you know, they they don't pay the bills. So, you know, I, I get, have to do what I do and I enjoy it because every time I show up to work with a different horse, I mean, I, I don't know anything about the history. I might know very little 
And I tell people, it's okay, well, once we're there, we can work out. And I can see exactly what it is. And I might ask the, you know, the person, say, well, show me what you've been doing. So watching the horse owner and the horse do groundwork together and observing them can give you a lot of information about where they're at in their partnership and communication, which will then help you choose the right approach for that team specifically. And then if it's something really good, I, I always price that, you know, and I also understand that everyone is doing the best they can. So even if you think you're doing the wrong thing, at that given moment, you're doing what you know. So um, I get a lot of people saying, oh, I'm doing it all wrong or I can't do that. And and I, I would never say they're doing it wrong. And that's what we what I'm here for, you know, to say, well, I'm just going to help you do things a little bit better for that horse, you know, and... I always said, you know, even if they disagree to what you're asking them to do, I said, let the horse judge that because the horse never disagrees to kindness, you know. Uh, a horse never disagrees to a softer approach. A horse never disagrees to giving him a bit of time to, like I said, lick and chew and think about things. I never see a horse disagree on, on, on kindness. Uh, you know, I, I can't say that enough, you know, so. Yeah. So when you've got that kindness and softness with leadership, though, I think, and the same goes when you try and lead people, you need to have some boundaries as well. Yeah, like, I mean, you allow the, uh, I mean, you allow the horse to have an opinion, you know, in, in essence, that if you ask him to go out in a circle and start shaking the head or whatever they might do, um, I don't take that away from the horse, but I make sure that I keep on asking him, like, I, I don't race. It's almost like de-escalating, almost validating. When someone comes to you, say, he was really angry, and instead of you trying to raise your voice, you just, you know, you might say things like, I mean, you can say, you know, why are you feeling that way? Like an open, it's the same what I do with the horse. You know, you still send them out, you change direction, and that's what I'm asking the horse. I'm saying, okay, I know you're feeling this way, but I need you to do this. So that's when that boundary comes in, because you still have to be, like I said before, you have to be resource-driven, but have that result through understanding, you know, not not through that, through force stuff. You can't force understanding. But you can discuss a little bit more maybe from a human point of view. Yeah, so I think boundaries, you know, from a human point of view or from a human leadership point of view are really important because they're telling everyone what is okay and what's not okay. Like what, the, I guess the rules are in a way, but also where I stand as a person. And so that doesn't mean that I have to be, um, rude or, um, you know, forceful about them. But I guess even when I'm being kind and giving, if I don't have self-respect and I don't know how to protect my own well-being, then I can't really give to someone else because you can't give what you don't have. Yeah, correct. So in, in essence, what you're doing with people is groundwork as well. You're actually saying, I'm asking you, I need you to, I need you to do this. I know how you feel. But we, we need to do this for a purpose, you know, for your well-being, for for the, for the for to, to obtain a result, I guess, you know. Yeah. So. Or maybe even you know, like I can help you, but this is not okay for me. Like this is where my sort of part of the equation ends, and this is where you pick up on. So I, I might not be able to do something for you because I can't, um, and I'm willing to say no. But when you have clear boundaries. It's consistent as well, you know, and then people know what to expect and it creates a level of safety for both the person that is setting the boundary and the person that needs to respect it. 
and then you know flipping that of course i want to respect other people's boundaries as well and i think it's probably important to respect the horses boundaries in some ways as well and i know i've heard you talk about some things that you never do or you know that are really disrespectful to do to a horse or if a horse is in pain you know and can't be touched in a certain space i think there has to be some level of um acceptance of that too sometimes yeah it's it's, it's a two-way two-way street because you know we, we ask the horse not to crowd us not to step on our toes not to be pushy you know and not to be rude um but then again like i said you know horse is tied up and you walk under the neck to get on the other side instead of walking around it or untie the horse uh, we, we sort of as humans we sometimes quickly forget that we disrespect others boundaries you know like the in this case could be they say the horse where uh, we expect the horse to to have a code around us but then we forget that they have a code that we you know in how we operate as well yeah, and I think, you know, often when we feel disrespected, say, as a human, I mean, that gives pretty strong emotions, anger, um, yeah, um, frustration. Um, it usually comes down to um, when a boundary that we had is being breached or if we haven't set the boundary strong enough and haven't put one where we needed to put one. And so then that boundary is not being respected because it wasn't clear in the first place and we get angry and frustrated. Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's, there's actually uh, a good thing that I remember, you know, from Stoicism and he says, you know, uh, it was Epictetus, you know, which is a long time ago. He said, if um, someone makes you angry uh, and, and you kind of fall for it, you know, you, you let him become your master. You know, so if if you get angry uh, with with, this, with people or with you know horses happens a lot of time. You know, people get angry really quickly, and the, and then the horse actually starts to know that you know you're going to be working at a different level. So that you know they, they don't do too well with anger, and they can feel it. You know, and uh, and this is kind of science back as well, where the, the energy of your heart, as you know, you know, it just extends outside your body. You know, so so about six feet. And with the horses, I mean, like, it goes there to about 10, you know, 15 meters at times, you know, that, that energy bubble, you can call it. So the horse knows, I mean, you start getting angry, you just, you just, you just projecting all that, you know, that, that sense to the horse that actually that's how they gauge the environment. And then they, they, they know that they're going to be less compliant or more afraid. And then everything will, like I said, escalate to, to other things like I can't catch the horse, you know, like maybe it was all that you lost uh, your temper rather, you know, and um, it just goes kind of downfall from there. Yeah. And I think like a really good example for me, and that's why I think boundaries are so important, um, is when a horse bites you or nips your arm. And I've got some horses who, I mean, they've gotten in a few good bites um, in the past. Yeah, we did and a lesson we- on that. Yeah, so... You, you know, what happened was that the, the horse was kind of just nipped this person a lot. <laughs> so uh, when I when we did the lesson, you know, she had a few bruises and said, you know, oh, the horse nips me all the time. And, and a lot it was with this horse was when we, because then I took over and we did the groundwork and I said, all it was clearly on this horse is just, she was just saying, again, is when the horse yells at you, let's take pain away, say pain causing the, the biting, but 
that horse we just it just wanted clear direction and then the minute we did that within 30 seconds i said it's just a little bit unclear the way you're moving the way you're asking it's kind of and and that's and then the minute we started slowing things down a little bit and, and it was she was more clear with this horse the horse actually stopped biting and nipping and she could do other things without getting a nip and all we did was just be more clear on the direction that you were trying to give to that horse yeah and be clear uh, on the boundary in that sense as well yeah when the horse kind of you know rubs on your neck and i said you know the horse is taking your real estate you know when they kind of lick your arm and people said it's cute it's not because that wouldn't happen in the herd that would that would not happen to you know say a less dominant horse going to a, a horse high in the pecking you know, order start doing the same things kind of nip um they do it to as a play young calls will do that or young horses might sometimes nip and play but then if you watch him closely that it only lasts a very short time and then the boundary set you know where they go hey you know this is now going beyond play you know it's going to that picking order and a lot of times you know horses you know people might be cleaning a horse's food and the horse is kind of playing with the jacket and nibbling on the back and nothing is done and then next minute the horse can escalate it to a nip and then the horse gets this might get a, uh, a, you know a sort of a tap on the nose from somebody say the horse nipped me but i said the horse been trying to test the picking order you know for half an hour before you even notice you know so we have to be aware of that bubble and space, you know, and the horses don't need to have that physical contact with us all the time, you know, um, in, in order to, you know, that's not a, that's not a pass for, uh, you know, the horse is going to like you more because you let him kind of lick and chew on or nip you or, or things like that. But in that particular case, it was nothing more than um, the person was walking too hurried, even though person was calm was hurried and the, that particular horse um didn't take well to it like i said that's why it's so important to take each horse as an individual and make sure that when you work with a horse you adjust to that particular horse because you can't just bring the program to a horse and think that it's the same as the other horse that you know other horses you might be walking around in a hurry around them and by their nature they don't they don't care you know they, they don't they don't bother but other horses that are a little bit more uh, sensitive, you find it a little bit more touchy about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, all good leadership comes back to like a relationship and is about collaboration, and, you know, for people and horses alike, really. Um, and so we, it's about being, well, you don't build a relationship or a, a good relationship with someone by being cruel or being, having high expectations and unforgiving and, relentless so if we can use all of those skills and I think that's why working with horses is so effective because to be a good leader essentially you need to be a good human being so the same skills apply in leadership as they do in life and so we've got an opportunity to learn some of that with horses and then translate that to our day-to-day -day, um, life as well yeah and the horses like I said you know earlier you know horses are very giving and forgiving um so and then we make a lot of mistakes around horses and the horses tolerate it and then they you know they don't judge you they don't they know that they're there to try one more time however when they make a mistake or you know they, they moved when you tie them up or something the person is quite quick to anger 
you know. Um, and if you look at horses in general, it takes them a long. You have to be have to be cornered to be angry, literally. You know, so uh, when they can't escape, when they can't avoid, uh, the only thing you've got left is fight. You know, um, so but however, we have to start. Like I said, when you're around horses, start to think more like a horse and see things through the eyes of the horse and not through your world. Because when you work with horses, you just gotta literally for good horsemanship i feel you have to start seeing things from their their end yeah and i think you know that's the same for any good leader as well like i see a lot of parallels if i want to be a good leader say in a leadership role um, or even just a good leader in my family or within my friends i have to take into account and be aware of the needs of the people that i lead um, so leadership is not about having a big ego and getting all the attention. It's about ca taking care of the people underneath or around you and supporting them and bringing the best out in them as well. So um, you need to be aware and have an open mind to see what's going on around you, but also have a really open mind and self-awareness because if you don't even notice what's happening for yourself, it's very hard to notice what's happening for other people or to understand the interaction between the two yeah so that's once again you know you can say the herd mechanics amongst humans you know not not we're very similar like i said we're very similar in many ways to the horse so the horse looks at the in, in in a herd while there's a pecking order and there's a lot of respect and trust and leadership but it's for the benefit of collective collective benefit it's not just for an individual uh, in that herd and then with us humans we have to start to, to have the same approach that's why I always said you can bring your horsemanship into everyday life <laughs>